What's up, guys? It's Jordan Stoltz, the host of the Fitness, Food, and Freedom podcast. Welcome to another episode. And in today's show, I'm doing a listener Q&A, this one all about workouts and uh, fitness stuff. So that is today's episode. Uh, it's brought to you by you guys, the listeners. Thank you for asking the questions that supplied the content for this episode. Uh, thank you for subscribing, reviewing, and following me on social media. If you want to ask a question for a future q and I will do one on Friday as well about nutrition specifically, but I'll do these ones about workouts in the future as well. Uh, just go to triplefpodcast.com uh, slash contact or just follow me on Instagram at stoltzfit, S-T-O-L-Z-F-I-T. Search that on Instagram. Give me a follow and just on any post, you just comment your question. I'll see it. I see everything, respond to most everything, and uh, I can answer your question that way. I can get your questions, and I'll answer them on the show for you. Thank you for being a listener of the Fitness, Food, and Freedom podcast. Triple F Podcast appreciates your support as we get into this Christmas season. Thank you for listening to today's show, Workout Wednesday, episode 140. Welcome to the Fitness, Food, and Freedom Podcast. Keep listening for some awesome advice on health, motivation, and becoming a better version of yourself. Be sure to tune in every week for Motivation Monday, Workout Wednesday, and Foodie Friday. Behind the mic today, your host, a strength and conditioning coach, husband, and businessman, Jordan Stoltz. Workout Wednesday. What's up, everyone? It is Workout Wednesday, and I'm Jordan Stoltz, the host of the Triple F Podcast. If my voice sounds extra deep and throaty today, it's because I'm still recovering from a slightly, a uh, little bit of a lost voice, not completely lost, but definitely strained from going to a Minnesota Vikings game this last Sunday. So that was real fun. Uh, that's what I did in this last weekend. And also, uh, the Nebraska volleyball team won the national championship. So there was a lot of screaming involved this last weekend, sports-related screaming. Uh, so I'm still recovering from that in the vocal cords, but I'm still putting out this episode. Hopefully nothing cracks and breaks and I don't sound like I'm 13 years old, but, uh, I still have some good content for you guys today. Today's episode is all listener Q&A. I hope you guys really liked that interview that came out Monday. If you haven't heard that one, you got to go listen to Paul Jarrett, CEO of Bulu Box, talk about all things uh, business, being an entrepreneur, why he hates that word, and uh, just about some nutrition things in general and how he built what he built in Lincoln. It's a great interview, lots of good information for people who are interested in business, nutrition, uh, even just life improvement. So go check that out. Thank you to Paul and his team for getting that all scheduled up and making it happen with me. I definitely appreciate it. Today, like I said uh, in the previous episode, I think I said this on Friday last week, uh, which is that these next two episodes are going to be Q&A episodes. So all listener question based. Some answers are going to be long. Some are going to be short. Possibly I'll take the whole episode to answer one or two. Maybe I'll fit in six or seven. Who knows? Uh, just depends kind of what the content is. Uh, but these questions are taken from Instagram, uh, Stoltz Fit, S-T-O-L-Z-F-I-T on Instagram. Instagram, and then also 
drfpodcast.com slash contact, which I always link in the full description of the podcast in the show notes and beyond. So let's get down to the Q&A, uh, just get to my first question right off the bat. All these questions are workout and fitness related, and all the ones on Friday will be nutrition and diet related. First question. Now, most of these questions I kind of took out the meat and potatoes from, so they're a little longer. I like a little bit of backstory on somebody, you know, giving a uh, kind of a kind of telling me what situation you're in, I guess, making it more of a case study uh, than just a generic question. Uh, just to give me some more information on you and if that's this answer might not apply to you. This one, though, uh, it ended up being very straightforward. Just kind of pulled this question out. First question is. How do I feel my back in pull-ups or chin-ups? So this person's doing a lot of pull-ups and chin-ups, trying to get better at bodyweight exercises, like I talked about a couple weeks ago, uh, that everyone should do. And they just aren't able to feel their back working and able to get a good soreness, pump, uh, just connection there with the back, whatever it is, during the pull-up, which is kind of the main back exercise for bodyweight movements, right? Uh, so to answer this question, I have three things that you can do to improve your back involvement in your pull-ups, okay? So, uh, except four things, bonus thing. I just thought of something off my head, okay? First thing is to do your pull-ups overhand. So you mentioned uh, chin-ups or pull-ups. Now, there's not necessarily going to be a lot more back involvement by doing your pull-ups overhand instead of underhand. Uh, that Basically, a pull-up versus a chin-up. However, you are going to involve less of the bicep uh, in general, just by doing them overhand. So the chin up, you are very likely, if you have strong arms, that you're going to start the movement with your biceps, and that automatically will decrease the effectiveness of the back exercise. So a good way to f- try to focus a little more on the back is to do them overhand. Pretty simple tip: doing a pull up instead of a uh, chin up. Now. When you're doing your grip width, it doesn't necessarily matter. Uh, a lot of people say, you know, the wider you go, the more back involvement you go. It's kind of a kind of a fake thing. It's kind of a myth that the wider the pull up, the wider the back. That's really not the case. Same with lat pull downs as an exercise. If you go really, really wide on the handles, that doesn't necessarily equate to a wider back. You're just building the back muscles, and even if you're shoulder width apart during your pull ups you'll still be using the same muscles, right? So it's really not a big deal on the width. I say just go a little more than shoulder width, do what's comfortable. Um, So don't focus too much on that. But my next tip uh, for your back involvement in the pull-up is to lose the thumb. Uh, Pretty simple thing as well that you can do, but this is basically just a false grip um, of, of sorts. So instead of gripping the bar like you would grip a dumbbell, right, where your thumb is around the bar, I want you to tuck your thumb up in the same way that you're fingers are going. So you're going to make a hook with your hand. If you can do that right now, just make a little hook with your fingers. And that's what your grip should look like for the pull-up. You'll see that your thumb is kind of pinned to the side of your index finger. That's what you want to do. You want to take the thumb out of it. That's also going to decrease bicep involvement. And that's going to increase the amount of back involvement, which is going to increase the effectiveness of the exercise. Just between that and switching to an overhand grip, you will see Definite, definite improvements in your back involvement of the pull-up, right? Number three, tip number three for your pull-ups is to practice the scapular depression and retraction. Uh, So a good way to do this, which is basically what this is going to accomplish, is just the connection to your mind and your muscle 
it's just this mind muscle connection with your scapulas um, of retracting, which is really what the back muscles do, right? Primarily, if you can think of a row, you're squeezing your scapulas together. If you're thinking of a pull-up, you're depressing them, so pulling them down and squeezing them together. And a lot of people uh, aren't able to control that very well. A lot of people have very poor scapular control. A lot of people are just kind of going through the motion of a pull-up and not paying attention to how the body's mechanically moving. Um, So what you can do to improve this is to practice it. And it's going to take a lot of practice. You might need to start every workout with some of these, but these are basically just hanging scapular retractions. What you're going to do is you're going to do a dead hang completely a dead hang off your pull-up bar, pull-up handles, whatever you have. Um, so completely. So your shoulders are up by your ears. Uh, you know, you're completely dead hang, straight arms. And then you're going to just pull your scapulas down. And what that's going to do is going to pull your shoulders away from your ears. Okay. So you're basically just going to squeeze your shoulder blades without bending your arms. You're going to do this over and over, nice, slow, and controlled. So squeeze them and then release and maybe one or two seconds for each motion. So you're going to pull down your scapulas and squeeze your shoulder blades together for a couple seconds, arms straight the whole time, and then slowly release it and keep doing those. Maybe do 10 to 20 of those before you do pull-ups at all. Maybe do for a while, maybe a few weeks, do 50 of these a day just throughout the day just to get that just to get that kind of ingrained in your head that muscle memory and then that's going to translate to your pull-ups so instead of initiating the movement with your arms or maybe initiating the movement with a swing or even abs or the wrong part of your back you're going to initiate the movement in the same way you're going to depress and retract your shoulder blades which is going to help shoulder health and it's going to help you actually feel your back in the pull-up Last tip I have for you for the pull-up. So you're already gripping different. You're pulling up overhand and you're practicing this scapular retraction. The next one is going to be to lean back slightly, okay? So think of as you're pulling up, uh, instead of pulling the bar, pulling your chin over the bar so you're straight up and down, think about pulling the bar to your chest. And doing this is going to cause you to recline a little bit so you are... Uh, leaning back, right? You're going to be pulling the bar to your chest instead of your chin to the chest. You're not going to be as vertical. This is actually going to just help uh, a little more range of motion and your elbows are going to go behind you, which is just going to increase the amount of squeeze you can get from your shoulder blades. That's really going to help the back Uh, the back movement is really going to help you feel your back and get things firing and really get that squeeze at the top, which is really what we want in back movements. Next question, will I ever compete? And this is pretty generic. That's basically all it says. Will I ever compete? And uh, well, I guess right now the answer would be no. Uh, So I don't really feel the need to compete as far as goals are concerned. I think a lot of times someone needs that competition down the road uh, for them to have something to train for. And right now, I'm fine with training uh, myself just to move better and just to be big and strong in general and healthy. Uh, I do see myself doing some kind of competitions down the road. I don't know if that's going to be in a year or three or five, but it will be um, you know, several different types of competition. I want to give different things a try. I want to become rounded and I don't want to be too... Um, I don't want to be too trapped into one like modality of training. So I don't really want to necessarily be a power lifter, but I would like to participate in a power lifting competition uh, just to see how I would do, kind of gauge myself, 
examine my weaknesses, give me some different kind of motivation and actually some pressure uh, to perform well. Um, maybe that, maybe down the, you know, do something like a Spartan race or an obstacle race just to try that out. Uh, things like Ninja Warrior training and obstacle course racing really intrigued me, so it'd be really fun to get good at that. I can see myself competing in that. Nothing um, physical or aesthetic driven. I'd say anything would be performance driven that I would compete in. I do always try to look for sports to play, uh, just because I kind of missed that ever since I stopped playing competitive sports, like in high school. So looking for you know rec leagues and little things just here and there that add to that competition element that you can kind of see some carryover in your performance performance from what you do in the weight room, but uh, I'm kind of fine right now with my uh, general fitness goals, general physical preparation type goals, um, and you know just being big and strong and having good performance. That's kind of where I'm at right now, so not in the immediate future will I compete, probably not in 2018, uh, but come the next couple years, I can see myself experimenting in a couple things, trying to find some kind of competition I'm super passionate about. Next question is, how do I get the ultimate home gym set up? What is a way to create a gym, an affordable gym at home that will get me the same benefits as going to a gym and so I don't miss out on the benefits of some movements or equipment that they have at the commercial gym? I want to save money, want to save time, and I want to do my workouts at home, but I don't want to miss out on anything. Well, this is a topic that I love to talk about. I could talk about this with someone who wanted to pick my brain for at least an entire episode and probably several hours because this is something I'm deep into as I talked about in my interview with Zach Evanesh if you heard that one my evolution of training equipment because I lived on a farm was basically starting out with push-up handles and a door pull-up bar and bodyweight exercises going on from there doing the workouts in my bedroom uh eventually kind of got into some of this underground strength type stuff, some of this strongman movements like that. So uh, I got a, a little, it was a spray barrel, like it used to hold spray for my dad's farm, filled it about a quarter of the way up with water, and I would bear hug that barrel and walk across the yard with it. Um, I kind of circuit that with something called a slosh pipe. It was basically like a 10-foot... 10 foot PVC pipe with caps on both ends and then a little bit of water in there. So the water would slosh back and forth, kind of make you unstable. And I walk across the yard with it. Um, along with that, I guess I did, I got a punching bag after a while, hung that from the rafters in the shed slash barn that I trained in, um, filled that actually with sunflower seeds and that's still out there. So I made do with what I had, right? Eventually went to play it against sports, got a a bench and a squat rack. Uh, but before that I was squatting with two f big 80 gallon or whatever they are oil drums, uh, with a barbell sitting on top of them. So I'd get under the oil drums, stand up with a barbell, walk out and do my squats. Got a, you know, 300 pound barbell set off a of Craigslist and, uh, just kind of added weight to that over time as I needed it. Uh, but yeah, great topic, great question about making your own home gym. And I kind of, you know, I dove into it, making a lot of my homemade equipment. Now here at the farm where I am right now for Christmas, I have, you know, a homemade prowler. I have homemade farmer walk implements, I've got the dumbbells, barbells, basically everything you'd ever need uh, in this kind of cool environment in the shed. Uh, but 
for you, you know, I don't know what your situation is for space. Uh, that would definitely be a determining factor, but you can definitely get great workouts and all the benefits that you'd ever need just for general fitness from bodyweight movements. And I mean, if you want to throw in some kind of weight, um, you know, maybe grab a kettlebell, maybe get a weighted vest or some bands, and you can add in so many exercises. If you get some resistance bands uh, and maybe a weighted vest, you could do anything you'd ever want to do, uh, barring the big barbell movements, right? And if you don't want to miss out on anything and you have the space, maybe you have a garage or a shed, or you can do your backyard, um, I would say, you know, get a barbell set, 300 pound barbell set isn't too expensive. You can probably find one for, uh, 100 to 150 probably maybe 200 if you want to go a little more expensive but i bet you could find one for about a hundred dollars 300 pound barbell set will do basically any exercise you want to do uh you can find a squat rack if you really want to i'd say like the ultimate setup would probably be a barbell set a squat rack with a bench and um a pull-up bar and some kind of weight for the pull-up bar so either a weight belt or a weighted vest let's say a weighted vest that'd probably cover everything you'd ever need and you know throw in resistance bands and you really got yourself a luxury home gym if you're a little creative you just have to have a little creativity and not just think you know the only leg exercise is squats the only chest exercise is push-ups or bench press got to be a little creative sometimes but really you can get it done with just that if you're on a budget i'd say stick with the body weight exercises um simplicity is fine i think simplicity is a little overrated i think people get too complicated too fast when really you can keep it pretty simple and really have great workouts and uh that's kind of what i believe in so you know do your pull-ups do your push-ups do your squats find a way to add weight to these things if you need to run some sprints pick up heavy things if you have them available uh and that that'll do it i'd say you know start with bodyweight exercises and build onto there don't go out and get two thousand dollars of home gym equipment until you know what you really like and what you're really into and what you really need you might just need a pull-up bar, right? And that might be enough for you. Maybe after a while you get a little bored with that. You kind of wish you had some weights. Go pick up that weight set. Maybe you wish then you had a squat rack. Maybe you wish then you had a deadlift platform, right? You can continue to build and still keep it pretty cheap and still keep it um, at home. And it's you know, definitely a time saver. You just I'd suggest building one piece of equipment at a time as you see like you need it and as you're really missing it. Next question, do you think that someone who is a non-competitive athlete, so basically just someone who wants to be an athlete, wants to be big and strong, wants to be healthy, high energy, do you think an average person needs to train their grip? If so, how do you do it? If not, why not? Should anyone train their grip, uh, even if they don't necessarily have to use their grip for a sport? Uh, My answer is definitely yes. To me, strong hands and strong grip is one of the most important aspects of strength that you can have. Um, Basically, well, like in all of my classes, for example, we'd use grip strength kind of as a measure of total strength, the relative strength, because of its um, its accuracy. It's very accurate in showing how strong someone truly is. And I definitely recommend that you train your grip strength or overall strength. To me, a strong grip equals a strong person. If you have really strong hands, you probably got those strong hands from doing things that are hard, right? You can't get strong hands just by uh, wiggling your fingers, right? You have to get strong hands by squeezing heavy stuff, holding really heavy things, um, or crushing 
a lot of weight or you know moving your fingers around with a lot of resistance it's the only way to get a strong grip which i'll talk about in a little bit but definitely everyone should train their grip it, it definitely is something probably out of anything you do uh, strong hands and strong forearms strong grip is going to translate really really well to your daily life right it's very functional you're going to see that grip that improvement is going to dramatically improve other exercises deadlifts you'll be able to hold the bar way better and rows and curls and um, anything really where you're holding anything in your hands will be much easier when your grip is not going to give out any kind of hanging exercise like a pull-up is going to be much easier as well it's going to be huge for your daily life as well i mean carrying that bag of groceries in if you have strong hands strong grip it's not even going to be an issue uh, it's just something that's very, very valuable. Now I will say before I tell you how I would train grip, uh, just to be careful of balance. Okay. So you want to have, you don't want to create elbow problems, which can happen if someone trains their grip too much. I've seen it a lot of times with some tendonitis issues. So basically for every kind of squeeze you do, do one or two extension type exercises. Okay. I'll give you a couple of each. And, uh, these are just my favorites. Once again, I'm a big fan of simplicity. I don't think you have to have a crazy programmed grip training workout, right? I think it's fine to just focus on the simple things, get really good, really strong at them, and then maybe come back for more. Uh, but don't overcomplicate it too quick and don't add too many things in too soon. So my favorite uh, thing for grip is going to be carries. And uh, this is going to be what I count as carries is basically a movement where you're holding something heavy in each hand. Now, this can be deadlifts, for example, that would work as well. But I really like farmer's carries. They're probably my favorite. So two really heavy dumbbells, uh, just walk, right? Walk for time, walk for distance, or farmer walk implements if you can make them or create them. If you're in a gym, try to find the trap bar that looks like a uh, basically like a stop sign and you can put plates on there and carry that. Uh, what I recommend is do that, do kind of farmer walks two times a week would be a good place to start. Do one day where it's very heavy and you're going for maybe um, total time. You're maybe going for like 10 seconds, just really heavy. And you're trying to just gut it out and get to a certain point for the next day, do it lighter and try to just do, um, Try to just do like for time. So put three minutes on the clock and try to carry it as far as you can in three minutes, right? That's a great way to do it with, um, you know, lighter, lighter dumbbells or lighter weight than you did on the other day. Now I'd say you want to get to the point where this sounds like a lot, but so you can hold your body weight in each hand. That's a great place to be for strength. And then the other day, maybe half your body weight in each hand. I love farmer walks. Definitely the best way to develop the shoulders, forearms, grip, traps, all of that is going to just blow up from doing farmer walks regularly in your programming. Um, next, and then also like every kind of crush you do put in some kind of extension. And my two favorite extension exercises are going to be just extension with bands. So like you can get some rubber bands specifically for grip, put around each finger and you're just going to extend your fingers. Uh, if you don't have these bands, a good way to do this also exercise number two, is to just get a little bucket of rice or a bucket of grain, stick your hand in there and just wiggle your fingers around, extend them, flex them, move each finger one at a time, work your arm around. That's going to be a great way uh, to work the extension in those fingers. Uh, my second exercise for flexion, though, for squeezing is going to be uh, bar hangs. And this is basically 
you know, Kimura Thigad do like uh, you know, reverse curls or forearm curls. Those are all great, but those are maybe something to come back later. Get really good at farmer walks and get really good at bar hang. So you can hang from the bar for a long, long period of time. It's going to show you how strong your hands and forearms really are. And it's going to show you if maybe you're a little too heavy relative to your grip strength and relative to your overall strength. Um, I like bar hangs for time, just max time. And uh, that's a great exercise to do for the grip. You just throw those in a couple times a week as well, maybe even hang every single day, and you're on your way to stronger hands and a stronger life. All right, last question of the day. Is it better in programming? This is actually coming from an online client. So uh, in my program written for them, is it better to, if time is an issue, is it better to skip a workout in the program or extend the week of workouts to more days. I either have to, you know, skip a day of rest, cram them all in or extend them throughout the week. Uh, So basically this person is asking what to do with time constraints. Um, I'm going to answer this one a little quickly as I'm wrapping up this episode. Um, Thank you for the question. I would say that it is definitely you want to take your rest, right? You don't want to cram in three, four days in a row of hard training. Uh, That's not what I recommend. If you have any kind of program like I write for my clients, which is usually three days a week or four days a week, either three full bodies or you got an upper, lower, upper kind of thing or push-pull legs, all good splits. Uh, But if you're doing something like that, I do not really recommend uh, that you do them all in a row and then take the rest of the week off. It's better to keep that training spread throughout the week with 24 hours or so of rest between each training session. Uh, so if time is an issue, number one, I'd say try to find the time. I mean, most of the time we have the time, we, we just kind of have to make it, right? So I'd say um, maybe do it in the morning, maybe wake up a little earlier just to get that workout in. Even if you only have to do it once, you don't have to make it permanent. Maybe you have to wake up at 4 a.m. to get the workout in, right? Or maybe you have to stay up a little later. Maybe you can run and be in a hurry on your lunch break and get it in. Just try to get it in, try to find the time. That's option number one and probably what I recommend. Um, but the non-kick in the pants answer, the actually the answer that might help you out the most, is going to be uh, that is better just to keep the rest, right? So if you can't, if you can't get him in, I don't say skip a workout because I think uh, any kind of good coach, any good programming will build on the last week and on the last workout. If you skip a couple, you might end up being really sore when you hit, say, like week three or four and you skip that workout on week one and two. Uh, so I don't recommend that, but I would recommend maybe extending the week. So you're going to play with your days a little bit. If you normally work out Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and you just don't have time to get Friday's workout in, maybe you do Friday's workout on Monday, and then from then on, you're doing Wednesday, Friday, Monday, right? It's just a way you can play with it. The days in programming is just an example, and you don't really have to follow them. Just try to get the rest between workouts and make sure that you're progressing in the proper way. Workout Wednesday. That will do it for today's episode of the Fitness, Food, and Freedom Podcast. Thank you for joining me for this Workout Wednesday. Listener Q&A, one more coming at you on Friday uh, this week. So if you have any nutrition or diet questions, uh, ask me on Instagram, Stoltz Fit, S-C-O-L-Z-F-I-T. 
or triplefpodcast.com slash contact. As always, linked in the description of the show. Thank you for tuning in and thank you for listening to me answer some questions and thank you for submitting the questions to those who did. If I didn't answer yours today, I will get to them in future episodes, I promise. I'm Jordan Stoltz, your host, wishing you a great week. See you guys Friday. Thank you for listening to the Triple F Podcast. Please leave a five-star iTunes review and share the podcast with your friends and family. Tune in next time for more great tips on fitness, food, and freedom.